Good morning, South Florida. It's your girl, Super Cindy. Welcome to Community Matters. Happy Sunday to you all. I hope everybody's feeling blessed, highly favored, and amazing. You know how it goes down on Community Matters. We highlight the organizations, the events, the resources, everything that you need. And if it's not personal to you, then you could pass on the information over to a friend, relative, coworker, whatever. Because all the information we give on Community Matters is 100% necessary and important. And today's show is like no other. Oh, before I forget, make sure you go to 99jamsmiami.com so you can see all past episodes. If you miss a phone number, a .org, a .com, you go right there and the episode is right on the website. So this morning, you already know December is all about art. And to discuss the Miami Art Week in Overtown, because you know we're bringing it to Overtown, I have the Interactive Media Director of Miami MoCAD, Mr. Corbin Graves. Good morning, Corbin. Good morning. Awesome, awesome. And I also have Chris Norwood, who's the curator and founder of Hampton Art Lovers at the historic Ward Rooming House. I, I know I said that choppy, and I'm so sorry. We'll get it together. Good morning, Chris. Hello, and good to see you again, and good to hear you again. Yes, I'm so happy that you are here. So whoever wants to answer, what exactly is... Miami Art Week. Miami, I know it's a lot, right? Well, a lot like, of events, a lot of things, but it's, yeah. the, the focus is Mi art. Miami Art Week is an opportunity here in South Florida for art to be raised up mm -hmm. and to be purchased, admired, exhibited. It is a cultural opportunity um, that includes many things, including Art Basel, which is a show that happens at the Miami Beach Convention Center, mm -hmm. uh, which is the largest uh, art show in North America mm -hmm. started in Basel, Switzerland. Uh, and then there's also uh, all of the various art fairs that actually are even older than mm -hmm. Miami Art Basel uh, that happened in the city of Miami proper, Wynwood, and then in places like Overtown, we do our own thing. So we have several art fairs and, and opportunities to see uh, amazing shows in Overtown, and, and, and it's affectionately known as Soul Basil. I so, love it, and I'm yeah. glad that you said we do our own thing, because honestly, we have to do our own thing for the proper people to get some love, some shine, <laughs> and that's why we it's truly so important to support things like Soul Basil. So, yeah. So, um, Chris, you, I mean, I'm sorry, Corbin, you are part of the Miami MoCAD. What is Miami MoCAD? Yes. Yeah, so I'm, like I was said earlier, I'm the interactive media director for Miami MoCAD. MoCAD stands for Museum of Contemporary Art of the African Diaspora. And our focus is to lift up artists of the African Diaspora here in Miami and abroad. Because Miami is a connector of continents, we think that it's a great melting pot where we want to have all these artists of the African diaspora celebrated. Where is the Miami MoCAD located? So as it stands right now, mm -hmm. Miami MoCAD, it does not have a physical location. We are a museum without walls. We do pop-up exhibitions and we do a lot of different creative conversations in different locations in Overtown and other spots in Miami. So it's really like your job with the Miami MoCAD to like let people know, oh, there's a pop-up exhibit here and there's a pop-up exhibit there. Yes, exactly, exactly. Also, how does someone get a pop-up exhibit? Because I know there's a lot of artists probably listening and would love to get on one of both of your radars because <laughs> you're so high up on the totem pole. You guys are important people. So how do they get, first you, Corbin, how do they get on a radar of you and the Miami MoCAD? 
you know, the easiest way to contact Miami Mocad is to shoot an email to us at MiamiMocad at gmail.com or contact us on social media. We have Instagram, Facebook. We also have Twitter. So uh, reach out, and that's the way we connect with artists, local artists, and try to get um, things happening. Okay, and Chris, how do we get on your radar? You've been doing <laughs> art stuff for a long time, right? For, 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 we've been curating the Historic War Rooming House Gallery mm -hmm. for about five years now. I've been a collector of art for many years. Okay. Um, uh, but uh, the best way for us, again, is social media, uh, Instagram. Our Instagram is at Hampton Art Lovers. And if you are an artist, an aspiring artist, an established artist, and you just want to show us your work and... And we would love to see it, and and we we're very um, uh, gregarious with how we how we operate our social media, mm -hmm. whether we represent artists or not. Like we love art, so we promote artists that we see that think that we think are dope throughout our social media, as well as if 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 uh, opportunities present present themselves for them to show in our gallery or to participate in our Miami Art Week festival we have something called the Point Comfort the Point Comfort Art Fair and Show mm -hmm. and that's something we do every year this year uh, we will be operating from December 1st to 4th we have a full program of events parties artist talks um, and we also will be featuring an artist by the name of Brandon Clark, an extraordinary uh, young man who went to Hampton University, also uh, studied architecture. He's an architect by trade, and he makes these amazing pieces. And we're also featuring the artwork, a uh, special collection from Florida Memorial University. And are so, the students that are there that no. do art? What do you mean from Florida Memorial Florida Memorial University has an art collection. Nice. Most HBCUs have art collections. Mm. Florida Memorials is a is a small uh, collection, but most HBCUs actually have museums. Hampton University, uh, and hence why we're called Hampton Art Lovers, because me and my team, we all went to Hampton. Mm -hmm. Hampton University has the oldest African-American art museum in America and the oldest African-American museum in America. And so HBCUs were the only places that black artists could show their work in the early part, one of the few places that African-Americans show their work in the early part of the last century. In fact, most historically black colleges were the archives for the communities in which they existed. So if you went to Talladega College, if you went to Alabama A&M or Jackson State or, or North Carolina Central or Shaw, Elizabeth City State, those HBCUs were the only places that showcased African-American art and many times were the archives for those local communities. So you'd be very surprised the amount of uh, art that they still have, you know, hopefully they've maintained them. Um, and then this new era where African-American art has been uh, a, a sort of shot rocketed, skyrocketed yeah. in value. Mm -hmm. the, we have to encourage these universities to maintain those artworks because a lot of people are trying to buy them um, and we need to showcase them. And so we have the enormous opportunity to showcase uh, 10 pieces from their collection, including Hal Woodruff's prints from the 1930s, as well as Benny Andrews, a very, a very famous and important painter of the last century, who donated 200 pieces 
uh, his estate after he passed away to HBCUs around the country. Oh, so it's spread out everywhere. That's yeah. so dope. Yeah. Uh, th- but those pieces are definitely not for sale, right? It's just no, borrowed. They <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're, I'd like to showing. buy this one, please. <laughs> no, so we, so we have at, at Point Comfort, we do a huge art fair in the back of our space. Wait, have, where is Point Comfort? Where is that it's located? It's in Overtown. It's well, at like, the historic War Roaming House. Okay. In our backyard, mm-hmm. we have five thousand over five thousand square feet. We build an eighty by forty foot tent with a wow. floor. It's a whole art fair inside mm-hmm. a huge temperature-controlled tent. But in the side of our gallery, we normally show a historic collection during Basel. So we have a show called Charles White Move On Up, mm-hmm. which is a companion exhibit to UM's show called Charles White A Little Higher. And our show is focused on Charles White, a very famous artist from Chicago who passed away in 1979. Our show is fo- focused on him and the people who influenced him and the people he influenced. Mm. And Hell Woodruff was a mentor to him. One of the few places that had art awards given was at Atlanta University in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. They actually had an art competition, the only one that black artists could go to. And so there is actually Clark Atlanta has one of the best African-American art collections you will ever find on Earth. So if we ever go to Atlanta, we should start at, stop at Clark and go see Absolutely. the museum. Because it's open to the public, right, Absolutely. the museum? A lot of people yeah. think of Spellman's Museum being mm-hmm. good, and it's nice. Yeah. It's nowhere near what Clark has. Go, Clark. I yeah. see you. Nowhere near. So let's talk about, um, throughout the year, both of you do things throughout the year, not just during Soul Basel. Absolutely. Yes. But let's break down Soul Basel with dates and what should we do, the exhibit. Bit like, give us our timeline of we're heading to Overtown now. What do we do? So, Miami Mocha is going to be doing a few different events this year. Normally, mm-hmm. we do one creative conversation at the beginning of mm-hmm. Soul Basel mm-hmm. on November 27th. This year, we're going to be doing the same thing with our creative conversation that's going to focus on our interactive mural project. Mm-hmm. This project focuses on creating murals that also have QR codes, allowing people to understand the artist process and the history of Overtown and the history of the communities in Overtown. So we want to not just lift up the artist, but also lift up the community itself. Our newest mural is going to be on the Longshoreman Local 1416 wall. It's actually being worked on right now, so if you got a chance, you should go check it out. Where is that located? That's located in Overtown at the, let me pull that up, <laughs> that's located at 816 Northwest 2nd Avenue, okay. Miami, Florida. So check it out. The artist Reginald O'Neill is a pretty awesome artist, really friendly and willing to talk to the people in the community. So check it out. We also have an event on November 12th coming for people to come and look at our first mural, which is located across from the urban near the Red Rooster in Overtown. And this mural is focused on Judge Lawson E. Thomas, the first black judge in Miami. And it's created by an artist. His name is Mojo. He's also um, here in Miami. So come out. We'll tell you a little bit about the mural. You can scan the mural and interact with some of our web application things and watch some interviews of Overtown residents. So it's a lot of stuff happening. That's so dope. Keep us very busy. Now, Chris, I know you have a long list of things as well. So let's get to it. So uh, this Saturday, Mm -hmm. uh, we have something called... um, uh, a community art hop. Okay. Uh, as I said, our exhibit is a companion exhibit to a to a Charles White exhibit happening at the University of Miami's Lowell Museum, and so we're going to start off in the morning at at 10 a.m. at the University of Miami, do a guided tour of that show, and then we're 
uh, going over to a studio. There's an artist in residence at uh, University of Miami called Charles Hume, an African-American artist. Mm -hmm. We're going to go by his studio, and then we're going to then come over to Obertown and come to my show uh, and get a guided tour by me. Uh, and then, uh, and then as he, as, as, as Corbin mentioned, we're going to then go over to see their mural and have some, a guided experience there. As he said, they have, um, they have uh, QR codes on the mural where you can literally see oral history, see and hear oral histories from people who interacted uh, with the judge, uh, people who grew up around him. You know, as Gorbin mentioned, this is the first black judge in Miami, but he was actually the first black judge in the South. Wow, uh, that's big. And so when you think of the historic black precinct in Overtown, mm -hmm. the, there was a judicial chambers. That was his judicial chambers. and then But he had a law office, a practice, actually, in Overtown. That building still exists to this day. It, they, they haven't crushed it down and no. built it's on top of it? It's actually the only building <laughs> Condos standing. or something? It's actually no. the only building on this block. I think it's one of two buildings on a whole block. Mm. Fortunately, it is still there. So all you know, when people are down at the Urban having a good time, over my man Keon Williams' spot, you know what I mean? Shout out to him. Uh, if they look across the street, there's this one little building that's standing directly across the street, and it says I Thomas didn't even on notice. the building. I want to see what I'm now. Saying. Next time I go there. to the Urban, I'm yeah. like, where is it? Yeah, it's right, it's right there. So that's mm -hmm. very important because uh, this judge, he was someone who uh, fought for school desegregation. He fought for equal pay for teachers. He was one of the preeminent civil rights lawyers before he even became a judge and then even after he became uh, a judge. So on this Saturday, we're going to be doing that and then having lunch at uh, uh, the, 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 the War Rooming House. This is only for a very small group of people. But that evening, we're Wait, having— Wait, how do we attend that? Do we get tickets? You like have to RSV, RSVP. You got to know somebody to know somebody. <laughs> Dang! You know what I'm saying? I don't um, know nobody, Chris. <laughs> but that evening, we're uh -huh. actually having to open a reception for our show, oh, okay. which is open, open? To, to all all people. Okay, thank you. Yeah. We can— we can get Get in. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to know, like, when you're deciding, because I know you don't just decide a month away from the event. This is like a year long preparation, months and months and months of, you know, speaking to one another, uniting, getting on the radar. How do these artists, how do you discover, like, or who decides what the exhibit is going to be for Soul Basel? Because this is, like, huge. You know, you guys, who's who selected the first black judge as who's going to go on the mural? Like, is this a group effort? Is this one person deciding? How are these decisions made? Yeah, for us, for the mural, we work, are working in partnership with Donna Marie Baptiste. Mm -hmm. She's a Trinidadian curator here in Miami, and she is everything. She, look, she found a lot of different buildings for us to go for, and she specifically chose this building because of the history that was associated with Judge Lawsonie Thomas. And she also finds the artist for us. So we like to partner with black curators, mm -hmm. uh, black artists, and, you know, make the community strong. That's how you do it. Both of you have used the words curator. Like, I know people know what that means, but some don't. What exactly is a curator? Um, so a curator is someone creates through whatever medium, a aesthetic in a room or in some sort of public space. So a curator will select a theme 
for an art show or should select a theme for an art show mm-hmm. and then uh, identify art and or artists that fit into that theme or commission artists to fulfill that theme. And so generally speaking, when we say the term curate, you know, you're the curator of your home. Mm-hmm. You create, you know, what, what it goes looks in like, there, what, it looks... what vibe, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so a curator is doing that, but specifically for a particular space that probably isn't their home. And so, you know, I think that's a, a good, I think, definition of what uh, a curator is. So I see here that the Point Comfort Art Fair and Show mm-hmm. um, is not just selling art because that you guys are obviously selling art. So if mm-hmm. they want to become a collector or just get a nice piece for your living room or whatever the case may be, the show um, is is curated multi-dimensional experience designed to tell the powerful narrative of the African-American experience through art and conversation. Let's talk about it. Oh, yeah, Break yeah. that down. First of all, Point Comfort Art Fair and Festival, Art Fair and Show. Okay. Point Comfort is a place. It's a physical place. Mm-hmm. It was a place in, in, in Hampton, Virginia, where the first uh, Africans came to this continent uh, under English rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we believe that was in 1619. We believe that the moment these Africans set foot on that land— that's when African-American art began. Mm. And that's why we call our fair point comfort art fair and show. Uh, when we say it's multidimensional, because we have a historic collection inside mm-hmm. that's steeped in history, as we e- explained about the Florida Moral Collection, about Charles White. But then outside in our tent, we have contemporary artists that we've curated and selected, uh, uh, people who are living and, and who are making incredible music, I mean, incredible art. But then... We also have events and conversations. Uh, we, our opening night is Thursday. It's being hosted by 100 black men of South Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, we have events with South Florida people of color. We have multiple different organizations that we partner with, as well as the most important organizations we partner with, which is Eleven Vodka and Duke and Dane Whiskey. And so they keep everything. <laughs> some of that. <laughs> yeah. But when you said Thursday, you mean December 1st, I think, which December falls 1st. on a Thursday. December 1st. Yeah, which is so balls a week. Absolutely. All of this information is available at hamptonartlovers.eventbrite.com mm-hmm. or at hamptonartlovers.com and, of course, at our Instagram at Hampton art lovers so we have uh nighttime events we have rich medina spending on friday from five to five to eight like Mm -hmm. a a a nice little before you go out kind of vibe uh thursday night we have a party with fly guy uh dj and saturday Saturday (laughs) night we have a party with dj six mills spinning which is our closeout party and then sunday we're actually curating a show of antique cars Wow. And we're shutting down the street in front of us from 12 to, to 4. So when what? we say multidimensional, like it's multidimensional. And we have artwork for sale for every price point. You got $20, you can walk out of there with something. If you got $10,000, you can walk out of there with something. So we, we make sure that everyone can have an experience. And we also know that art elevates conversation. And so you cannot walk into our space with the amount of gravity that are, that's hanging on our walls and have pedestrian conversations. And so the art elevates conversation. So, yes, it's not just about selling art. It's about our community. It's about we excel when we think about art. 
because as a black man in America and a black woman in America, we would not be here without the ingenuity, innovation, and creative spirit that allowed us to get over so much. Every piece of art tells a story, right? Absolutely. And you know what's what's cool about art is that every person could translate it into something excuse me, different. So it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be like my story of what I see is not necessarily what you guys see. Absolutely. Why, why do you think people who are currently not into art should get into art and just go, even if they're not into it, go look at it and more than likely fall in love with it and their kids because it's open to children as well to go to the exhibits? Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I, I would say, look, we live in a, 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 I believe we live in a culture economy. Mm-hmm. which to me means that our ability to understand people, especially people who do not look like us, mm-hmm. look like us, helps us make more money. And our understanding of our own culture only helps us understand other people even more so. So if I was working at a car dealership and a Chinese family came inside mm-hmm. and I understood Chinese, mm-hmm. I think it might make it easier for me to sell a car to them. Yeah. You know, it doesn't guarantee it, but I guarantee... Speak the language, yeah. And I don't mean that we have to speak Chinese. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is our ability to understand culture and understand other people's culture helps us in a global economy. If we're just... If we're just thinking of ourselves, that's not how we grow business. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And even within our own culture, there are many different subcultures. Yeah. You know what I mean? So just that appreciation. I think by appreciating art, that allows you to do that. And it's also about the speed as well. So when you look at a piece of, of, of art and you're able to understand it, even if you don't like it, mm-hmm. you sort of that process of trying, visual process of trying to understand what someone is feeling and thinking. I believe believe that's a transferable skill set mm-hmm. that now you can use even whether, whether you like it or not is almost irrelevant um but that skill set mm-hmm. i think is something you we should be teaching our children definitely because, from young yeah, yeah, right. yeah because all children don't learn with the written word they don't learn through the oral word but What's some children learn through visual visual art paint yeah. that picture that was you, Corbin, yeah, you said? Yeah, yeah. And that's why you're here. That's why I'm here. How, why do you think someone who's not into art, we're wrapping up, the show's almost over, but why do you feel um, that people who aren't into art or educated about it should themselves get into it and their children? So what you don't know is that I used to be an art teacher for a few years. How cool. What great. School. I taught high school, elementary school, middle school, everything. Mm. And for me, when I was teaching my students, I tried to communicate that art is... Art is about communication, mm-hmm. right? It's just a conversation without words. Art really, um, the written words started with pictures, with pictographs, and um, creating concepts that people could share. It's another form of being able to talk to people and understand people. A lot like Chris was saying, if you can understand another person, mm-hmm. you really understand yourself. So I think it's going to help. I think I think that art is the best way for all people to be able to understand new perspectives and you know join together it's, it's and it's fun why not that's awesome and, and what i was gonna say parents there's even a dollar tree easel <laughs> i'm not easels but the board that you can do painting and all that it might not be the best quality but start somewhere that's and, what and, i say and i would say also this is this conversation about art and teaching art and expressing it to young people you already do it so it's not really like something you know different you yeah. already do it you don't there, 
everybody got something hanging on their walls at their house. True. Ain't no blank walls there. You are <laughs> curating your space. You are selecting things. And guess what? A lot of people that we grew up with back mm-hmm. in the day, at least I'm old enough to know, you walk a lot of black people home, they had a pay, they had a pay, they had a painting of Jesus. Right. You know what I'm saying? A picture of Martin mm-hmm. Luther King. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and that was like a standard operating thing in a lot of households. <laughs> so, again, give out the .org.com where they can get tickets and all that, please, and get more information. So you can check out our webpage at MiamiMocad.org. We have all of our events on the homepage. So click, uh, go scroll through. You'll find it. Find our November 12th and November 27th event. And our Give Miami Day event that where you can donate some money to help Miami MoCAD become the museum that we're meant to be. And yours, Chris? Yeah, um, Chris? yeah no, no problem. We're we're all in the ether of the earth. Never mind. No, so we are at HamptonArtLovers.com, <laughs> uh, HamptonArtLovers.Eventbrite.com. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's where we are, and we're happy to, 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 to see everyone at our events. Okay, awesome. We've been speaking to the Interactive Media Director of Miami MoCAD, Mr. Corbin Graves, and also Chris Norwood, who's the curator and founder of Hampton Art Lovers at the historic Ward Rooming House. Make sure you head over to their websites. This whole interview will be on 99jamsmiami.com. You can check it out. And thank you, and thanks for hanging out with us this Sunday morning, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Your girl, Super Cindy, 99 Jams.